Have you ever heard of benzodiazepines? No? What about non-benzodiazepines? Theanodiazepines? Hmm. Uh, okay, okay, I think I see where my mistake is. L- let me start again, okay? <clears throat> that was our opening 24 episodes ago. And now, we're going to take a look back a bit and see where we've come. Sure, perhaps I'm being a bit dramatic, but... 25 episodes seems like a lot to me, and I thought it might be kind of nice to step back and see where we've been. You know, just take a look at some of the highlights. I hope you'll join me. Welcome to the Benzo Free Podcast, your home for an honest, straightforward, and personal discussion about anti-anxiety drugs, their effects, and how to deal with dependence and withdrawal. Whether you have taken benzodiazepines, Z-drugs, or any other tranquilizers, know someone who has, or you just want help dealing with chronic anxiety and insomnia, this is your podcast. I'm your host, D.E. Foster, author of the book, Benzo Free, The World of Anti-Anxiety Drugs and the Reality of Withdrawal. I'm so glad you joined us today. Please stick around and let me bend your ear for a few minutes. It just might feel a little better on the other side. And this is the Benzo Free Podcast, Episode 1, Numero Uno, my inaugural episode, this is the one. Hello, this is D, your host, and welcome to episode two of the Benzo Free Podcast. This is your host, D, and welcome to episode three of the Benzo Free Podcast. Hello there. This is your host, D, and welcome to episode four of the Benzo Free Podcast. This is your host, D, and welcome to episode five. Good afternoon, or good morning, or... <laughs> Good evening. Whatever it is where you are listening to this right now, i just like to say welcome. This is episode six of the Benzo Free Podcast, and it has been one crazy week for me around here. <laughs> Hello there. This is your host, D, and welcome to episode seven of the Benzo Free Podcast. So, how you doing? <laughs> Well, hello there. This is Dee, and welcome to episode 9 of the Benzo Free Podcast. That opening was from Kierkegaard, as I mentioned. I'm hello there. This is Dee, and welcome to episode 10 of the Benzo Free Podcast. Wow. This is Dee, and welcome to episode 11. This is Dee, and welcome to episode 12. This is Dee, and welcome to episode 13. Hello there. This is D, and welcome to episode 14, and welcome to episode 15, and welcome to episode 16, and welcome to episode 17 of the Benzo Free Podcast. It is so good to be talking with you today. I mean, it really is. I am in a good mood. Well, hello there. This is D, and welcome to episode 18 of the Benzo Free Podcast. Welcome to episode 19. Welcome to episode 20. Hello there, this is D, and welcome to episode 21. Welcome to episode 22. This is D, and welcome to episode 23. Hello there, this is D, and welcome to episode 24 of the Benzo Free Podcast. And finally, welcome to episode 25 of the Benzo Free Podcast. This is D, and I'm so glad you tuned in today. Today, we're going to take a look back at the first 24 episodes, and see where we've been. 
Now, I realize what some of you may be saying, that retrospectives are just, you know, a cheap way of sharing previously recorded content. And you know what? You're, you're right most of the time, and even in this case to some degree. But as far as retrospectives go, I can honestly tell you this episode took longer, almost twice as long for me to produce than most of the others, mostly because I had to go through all the past 24 episodes to find clips that I wanted to share in this one. But the real reason I decided to do this retrospective is twofold. One, it's a celebration. And trust me, we all need something to celebrate. I can't believe we made it to 25 episodes. I think that is amazing. And we're still going strong. I just want to say that I am very proud of the fact that we got here and and to thank you because we did this together. The Benzo Free Podcast would not be here if it wasn't for your stories, your comments, your questions, your feedback, your correspondence, all the input you have provided has kept this going. And that's what's gotten us here. And the second reason I did this was that it's a great highlight reel. For anyone new to Benzo Free and want to sample what we're about, here you go. This is a perfect episode to listen to, and it shows some samples of what we've done over the past 24 episodes. And for those of you who have been around a while, you know, who doesn't like a little reminiscing, or at least a reminder of some of the lessons you might have forgotten along the way. So that's why I'm doing this. As with all episodes, if you don't like it, skip it. No hard feelings at all. I'll catch you next week. Don't worry about it. For the rest of you, let's take a trip back. All the way back. Way, way, way back to the year 2019 (laughs) and the month of February. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I know. (laughs) I thought if I said it in a dramatic fashion, it would sound more important, but who knows. Today, for our format, we're going to hit on all the sections we've covered in the past 24 episodes, and those include our introduction, mailbag, Benzo News, Benzo Spotlight, Benzo Stories, our feature. We're going to touch a little on each one of those. So please, stick around and let's take a look back at where we've come from. But, of course, you realize I did forget one little thing, didn't I? For those of you who listened to the podcast for a while, you know I'm not going to move on from the introduction until I ask for feedback. (laughs) And that's what I'm doing now. Please, questions, comments, stories, suggestions, corrections, I need your feedback. Especially on this retrospective. Was this entertaining? Was it informative? Was it useful? Go to our website at benzofree.org slash feedback or email us at podcast at benzofree.org. And don't forget to sign up for our mailing list so you can learn about the podcast releases and any new blog posts or any updates to our website. You can do that at benzofree.org slash subscribe. And please remember that the Benzo Free Podcast is for informational purposes only and should never be considered medical advice. If you're listening to this podcast on one of our providers, please leave feedback on that carrier. This helps new listeners find us. And that's it for our intro. Let's move on to our intro. Okay, that sounded confusing. Actually, we are moving on to our intro retrospective right now. Let's take a brief look back at some of the introductions and some of the content we've covered during that time. In episode two of the podcast, I opened with the following metaphor 
which I thought kind of described our experiences with benzo withdrawal. Imagine that you had a car accident, a bad one, a really bad one. Your Prius took on a Mack truck hauling steel piping and lost. Blood is everywhere. Lacerations cover your arms, legs, and face. Bruises blend with burns, leaving little unadulterated skin. Your muscles are twisted and torn. A severe concussion has left you in a fog, barely aware of your surroundings. Paramedics struggle to keep you conscious, but your mind slips in and out of delirium. You're terrified. You don't know what happened, why this happened, or even who you are. You will survive, but your recovery will be grueling and painful and may take months, even years. You may lose your home, your job, even your family. You realize that the life you once knew is now gone, and you will never be the same person again. Now imagine that same pain, that same fear, that same suffering, but no one else can see it. There was no car accident, no paramedics are rushing to your aid. It all happened inside of you. When you seek help for your injuries, you're met with annoyance, disdain, even disbelief. You attempt to relate your suffering to your family, friends, and colleagues, but no one understands. How could they? Why would anybody believe this hodgepodge of bizarre, invisible, unrelated symptoms that you claim are making your life unbearable? And even if people believed you, they never accept the outlandish premise that the damage wasn't caused by some massive semi-tractor trailer truck, but instead by one tiny little pill. A pill that your doctor ironically prescribed to make you feel better. Welcome to the world of benzo withdrawal. That was the opening of episode two, the episode in where I shared my benzo story, my experiences with benzos. Throughout the past 24 episodes, we have covered... A lot of different content <laughs> within the intro. As many of you know, it's kind of my opportunity to ramble on a bit or, or think of something that happened recently in my week and see if I could find some way of tying it back to Benza withdrawal and, and having a purpose or a lesson come out of it for me and for others. Sometimes I was successful, sometimes I was not. Let's listen to a little bit of this. It's been a little bit lonely around here. My wife's been out of town for the last week, um, past the holidays, so I've been kind of running bachelor here on my own, and it, it's a struggle sometimes. Still have some anxiety issues around that from my withdrawal, but, you know, it's also good practice, and it's good to learn how to be without my wife for a week, um, who was my caretaker during all of my withdrawal period, so it's a little stressful sometimes, but it's been good, and I'm glad it happened, and I can't wait to see her back again, which will be soon. But for now, Benzo-Free is just one person, and that person is flawed. Like all of us, I'm going to screw up from time to time, so I hope you'll bear with me. But I tell you what, when I do screw up and you let me know it, I'm going to own it. I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to fix things and try to make them better. I promised on the first episode of this podcast that I would be honest and objective, and... I believe I even said that this is me, warts and all. Well, this is one of those warts. <laughs> well, uh, we got some more snow again this weekend here in the front range of Colorado, USA. And it's been cold. Bitter cold. You know, I, <laughs> it's just weird for me to keep thinking. I can cry at the drop of a hat now. Anybody else have that? In the meantime, though, I am happy to keep you occupied by my singing. 
psych. <laughs> I wouldn't do that to you. <laughs> Trust me, it's not something you want to hear. My goal here right now is to find a way to cheer you up. So let's add some happy music to the introduction today. That's right. I'm going to add some happy music right here. There we go. Now, don't tell me you can listen to ukulele music and not even feel a little bit happier. Come on, your toes are tapping just a bit, aren't they? Show me that smile. I know you can, come on, you can smile. I thought you could. Well, at least you tried. I hit a, another wave again. <laughs> you know, some paresthesia on my face, you know, my... My good old trusty spiders that have come to love as they crawl around. Some tinnitus and cog fog or, or brain fog. I am a diehard, semi-obsessive Disney park junkie. It's been an interesting three weeks around here. I feel like I, I feel like I haven't really talked with you for a while, and I'm I'm sorry about that. During withdrawal, so many of us are overwhelmed by our emotional minds. Many of us had our emotions suppressed during benzo use. And when they came back, stand back because it can be one bitch of a tsunami of feelings. Today in the intro, I want to touch on family for a bit. <laughs> this is a fun one. Yes, we need feedback. <laughs> Questions, comments, stories, suggestions, corrections, submissions, reductions, additions, subtractions, premonitions, volitions, frustrations, affirmations, expectations, rationalizations, reflections, innovations, and yes, since this is a benzo withdrawal podcast, substitutions, titrations, hospitalizations, dehydrations, reductions, and or taperizations. No, that's not a real word, but it sounds fun, so I'm keeping it in. And that's it for a review of our introductions over the past 24 episodes. Thanks for bearing with me and allowing me the flexibility to just uh, go in different directions with that and have a conversation with you up front about what I've gone through, what you've gone through, and, and maybe a few lessons we pick up along the way. And now let's take a look at our mailbag. Let's pop back and see what kind of questions and comments you all had over the past four months. Question two is, do you support the Ashton Manual? Now, this is a great question and one I really wanted to cover in my first episode. So question one is, I've heard about detox centers that offer flumazenil treatment. Does that work? This one comes from Michelle. I, I hope I pronounced that right. In Alexandria, Virginia. You are very fortunate in your experiences with doctors. When I was going through acute benzo withdrawal, my doctors treated me like a criminal. They accused me of having taken more than was prescribed. And then they accused me of having conversion disorder. They treated me like I was paranoid. This one comes from Catherine in the United Kingdom. She asks, I wondered what your thoughts are about different healing patterns. Also, what about PTSD? So the first one is from Jill, and she asks, Did you use any nutritional supplements during your taper and withdrawal? This is a comment from Catherine in Camrose, Alberta, Canada. Just listen to the Ashton Manual episode. Very well done uplifting and informative. I had one comment where I felt a bit thrown by a term you used, which was you were grateful to Dr. Ashton for your sobriety. I'm sure you're aware of the community's sensitivity to addiction language, and this one is from Jörg in Bern, Switzerland. I am the caregiver of my wife, Ruth. She is 22 months off benzos, but still on AD. Could you create a list of people concerned by benzo withdrawal? Sorted by country or state? This would be great. 
First question is from Nancy in England. She says, quote, One thing I would like to mention to you is that you keep referring to long-term use. What do you consider long-term? Our next item is a comment from Jenny in New England, USA. I just listened to episode 11 and it was fantastic. Concerning benzo belly, a big problem many of us face is yeast overgrowth that you may characterize as inflammation. And this one is from Holly in South Dakota, the USA. I'm enjoying listening to your podcasts. If I had only seen these months ago when I started on this hellacious journey. This comment is from Sarah in Memphis, Tennessee in the USA. The withdrawal from antidepressants is very similar to that of benzos. So most of this content applies to people suffering from ADs. You would reach and help even more people if you noted this and included ADs in your content. Our next question came from Jill in Alabama, USA about a month ago. Jill asks, Do you happen to know anything that could help with my appeal for disability benefits? First one is from Terry in Hot Springs, Arkansas in the USA. Terry asks the following, I am astonished by our body's attempt to reach homeostasis and the swings in chemicals and hormones. I don't know if I am tilting at windmills or dealing with real underlying health issues. This one is from Kathy in Colorado. Are my GABA receptors healing during titration? This is a two-parter from Naomi in New York City. I'm looking to form a meetup in New York City for people who are suffering withdrawal symptoms after getting off benzos. Would you know anyone who might benefit from this? Our first is from an anonymous listener who asks, Are there any emotional support groups or organizations specifically for families and other caregivers of those recovering from benzo use? Petra writes, Mylorazepam dose is 6 milligrams a day. Would like a taper schedule, one without diazepam and one with. Our second question is from our old friend Terry in Hot Springs, Arkansas. I am 20 months clean and still having issues that I believe have a strong vagal nerve dysfunction feeling to them. Wanted to get your thoughts on your experience. And that will close our mailbag. Great questions and comments um, over the past four months. Thank you to everyone so much. And I hope we provided some answers or at least resources or information of some sort that that helped you with, with your recovery and with your healing from benzos. Now let's go take a look at the benzo news. For several episodes, we covered news within the benzo community, um, different articles and different stories, some things that we wrote here at Benzo Free, some other organizations wrote, and some that were just in the media related to benzodiazepines, the drugs, recovery, healing, um, different perceptions, studies, scientific research, whatever we could find that was relevant to our subject matter. Here's a real quick run through on some of the topics that we shared. And now let's move to our new section, Benzo News. Our second item is actually a new film about benzos that's hopefully going to be coming out soon. I just shared this on our Facebook page. First story I'd like to cover here is an in-house one, one about benzo-free. Just wanted to let you know that there's been a few web updates to our website. I also posted an article on our Facebook page that I refer to often in the book, which is getting a lot of attention. This was an article written by Dr. Alan Francis back in 2016. On Sunday, I wrote a post about WBAD, um, where I encouraged people to think about either joining or even better, 
helping to start planning an event for World Benzodiazepine Awareness Day, which is on July 11th, just four months away. On Sunday, I wrote a short blog post about my naivete in being new to the benzo community, as I mentioned in the introduction. Last Wednesday, I wrote a blog post celebrating International Happiness Day and the release of the World Happiness Report. On Monday, I announced Caregiver Week at BenzoFree, as I mentioned in our intro. On Sunday, we reposted an article from the New York Times titled, How Pain Tolerance and Anxiety Seem to Be Connected. Last Friday, I wrote a blog post titled, The Rainbow on the Other Side, where I talked about the struggle to return to normal after benzo withdrawal. And on Saturday, April 6, I came across some new research on benzo use in pregnancy. And rather than just reposting it, I combined it with some other research into a blog post. I hope it was helpful. On Thursday, April 4th, as part of Caregiver Week, I posted a blog article titled, 10 Tips for the Caregiver. It highlighted some advice to help the caregiver through this difficult time. Here are the highlights from last week. On Monday, April 8th, Benzodiazepine Information Coalition provided a full PDF version of the Ashton Manual on their website. On Tuesday, we wrote a blog post titled, Hello, It's Me, Loneliness and Benzo Withdrawal. Which brings us to the Benzo News. Looks like we had a busy week last week. Here are the highlights. On Sunday, April 14th, there was an article in Digital Journal based on a CBC Canada article titled, Benzos Added to Fentanyl Causing Hard-to-Revive Overdose Problems. On Wednesday, QZ.com posted an article titled, The World's Happiest People Have a Beautifully Simple Way to Tackle Loneliness, which focuses on a Danish organization which helps bring people together. Also on Saturday, we posted the last of our blog posts on Senior Week. I wrote an article titled, Five Dangers of Benzodiazepine Use in the Elderly. On Monday, I wrote a blog post titled, the Lost Years of Father, a Son, Benzos, and Aging. On Tuesday, we reposted an article in the New York Times from 2018 titled, A Quiet Drug Problem Among the Elderly. On Monday, the Austin Benzo Withdrawal Group posted a short and effective video from Tech Insider titled, What Happens to Your Brain When You Take Xanax? On Friday, Health Europa published an article titled, Newly Uncovered Gene Mutation Has the Ability to Reduce Fear and Anxiety. This study found a gene in mice which may be a key to managing anxiety in humans. On Friday, NPR reported on another warning about fluoroquinolones. On Monday, Inverse.com posted an article titled, Who's Avoiding Sex? Psychiatrist Cites Three Reasons. On Thursday, I wrote an article titled, Lavender Oil and Anxiety, The Facts Behind Some Recent Claims. On Monday, Psychology Today posted an article titled, a Holistic Approach to Naturally Lowering Anxiety. And that wraps up our news section. I hope that gave you a little taste of some of the articles that we had posted on our Facebook page or blog and that we had also found at other resources or other um, online media organizations or other Benzo organizations and decided to share here. Now I think it's time for us to move on to our Benzo Spotlight. Our spotlight has been a periodic section of the Benzo Free podcast and has covered a few different organizations and films within the community. Let's take a real quick look at a few of these. Today's spotlight shines its light on Benzo information sites. There are hundreds, even thousands of support sites and groups for Benzo dependents all around the world. I was researching a new one this week. Well, at least it was a new one for me. It's been around for a couple of years. So 
Some of you may have already checked it out. It's called the Alliance for Benzodiazepine Best Practices, and it can be found at benzoreform.org. Today I want to cover BIC. Yes, in the past I have referred to them as the BIC, but I was wrong. And I'm happy to make that correction now. It's just BIC or BIC. Today our spotlight shines on World Benzodiazepine Awareness Day, or WBAD. This is another one of those amazing organizations which I previously overlooked. Today's spotlight shines on Benzo Buddies. If you haven't heard of Benzo Buddies, you might be new to the Benzo community. <laughs> Benzo Buddies is the single largest online discussion group for benzodiazepine recovery. Today's spotlight shines its light on the website benzo.org.uk. That one may sound familiar to some of you out there, as it should. In case you don't remember, that website is actually the home of the Ashton Manual. Our spotlight today shines on a film, actually. The film is The Benzodiazepine Medical Disaster, a 2016 documentary film by filmmaker Shane Kenny. In today's mailbag, we focused on support groups and the need for more local groups and for, and for a directory of these groups around the globe. Thus, I decided to stick with that subject in our spotlight today. Now on to the Benzo Spotlight. Yes, we're bringing back our spotlight section for a few weeks leading up to this special event. In case you didn't know, July 11th is World Benzodiazepine Awareness Day, or WBAD. That's just a brief overview of some of the information or some of the groups we've covered. Go back and listen to some of the episodes to learn more about each one of these organizations or look in our show notes. Now let's move on to our Benzo story. This may be one of my favorite sections of the podcast. This is where you get to share your story on Benzo Free. Now most of these have been submitted via our feedback form or via email and I've read them on the podcast. But there was actually one that was submitted in the person's own voice. Just remember that if you wish to submit your story, you can do so either way, and instructions for that are on our feedback form at benzofree.org feedback. Now let's take a look back at some of the people who have had the courage to share their experience with benzodiazepines on our podcast. And that'll move us on to Benzo Stories. We actually have one today, as I mentioned in the opening. I know you may faint when I say that. It's not going to be me talking about another anecdote or story that I want to share. This one's from a listener just like you. She says, quote, I just ran across your podcast and I have listened to the first three. My story. I'm 57. I have been on Xanax for 33 years, basically my entire adult life. This one is from Cheryl, who lives in the great state of Kansas, USA. I was taking up to 8 milligrams a day until about 18 months ago. I was also on Ambien, Buspirin, and Amipramine. So this story is from Lynn. Lynn says the following. Today was the first time I came across your podcast, and I want to tell you how impressed I am. I was prescribed a benzo, clonopin for anxiety and depression in 2009 by a nurse practitioner in a small community clinic. The nurse gave me no information or warnings, and since I was not familiar with prescription drugs at all, I took it based on the fact that it was prescribed for me by an expert. 
The second story is our first audio story. Jeff is from Winfield, Illinois, and has been part of Benzo Free um, from October of last year. Now, that may not seem that long ago, but since I only launched the website last September, it, that's pretty long. <laughs> I'm a 54-year-old man. I was first prescribed Xanax back in 1987. I had just graduated from college and had taken my first real job. I was excited, but even more so, I was scared that I didn't have what it took to abandon my college lifestyle and embark on a career. I was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder and was given a tricyclic antidepressant called imipramine, as well as a prescription for 0.25 milligrams of Xanax to be taken only at bedtime. In summary, I have lost my health, my career, my home, my finances, and by the time this is over, I may have lost my marriage. Benzodiazepine withdrawal syndrome has all but destroyed me. And that brings us to our stories. Uh, first up, this is from Kathy in Windsor, Colorado. Yes, I am 73, and I have been on Valium for 13 years. One paragraph story and comment from Terry in Hot Springs, Arkansas. I wanted to share a piece of my story. I am 17 months benzo-free off clonopin. It has been the hardest thing I have ever done. I have been encouraged by your podcast. I have been searching for a reassuring voice, and you have provided one. Keep up the great work. Today's story is from Beatrice in Zurich, Switzerland. Beatrice and I have actually been corresponding for a little while now. It is a long journey but I really hope seeing the end one day. I have learned a lot about what is really important in life. And to be very, very grateful for my family and friends who are on my side in this most difficult time in my life. Not all are understanding of me, but I don't think that anybody can really understand what we are going through. Thank you, Dee, for all your effort and work for doing these podcasts. With warm greetings from Switzerland, to everybody out in the world. Beatrice. Today we have a story from the opposite side of the globe from my studio where I'm recording this right now. I want to share my story about benzodiazepines and how I withdrew myself from this drug after about 17 years of use along with other sites. Today I have a story from Nancy in England. Nancy shares... So, I finished my diazepam taper on the 23rd of March, just over two weeks ago. I am hoping that soon I can start to rebuild my life, which is very small at the moment and very unpleasant. Maybe you could do a podcast on success stories. I would love to hear some. It would give me hope and some inspiration. And that brings us to Benzo Stories. Today, I have a story from Jane in Glace Bay, Nova Scotia, in Canada. I am 68 years old, very active person all my life. In the early 80s, I developed fibromyalgia and eventually prescribed Xanax for anxiety and sleep over the course of nearly 30 years. Today I have a story from Linda in Christchurch, New Zealand. Linda writes, I am writing from the city known for earthquakes and terrorism. Christchurch, New Zealand. I just want to thank, again, everybody so much for sharing your stories. 
with me and, and with the listeners on the podcast. It takes a lot of courage to do that, and it takes a lot of strength to be able to tell your story and put it out there for other people to hear. And I think it does so much good for both the people who are sharing and for those of us who are listening. Thank you to everyone who has shared your story on the Benzo Free Podcast. I am very grateful. Now, finally, let's move on to our feature. Our feature topics have been the core of the Benzo Free Podcast since the very beginning. Whether it's a 14-part series on withdrawal symptoms, um, an episode on intimacy and sex, interviews with doctors and benzo organizers, or even focusing on the most vulnerable benzo population, the elderly. Let's take a trip back and listen to a little bit of the content we've shared from our features. Today's feature is going to be an introduction to benzos. This will be really high level. We're not going to get into a lot of depth on this one. That's what coming episodes are for. We have plenty of time to talk on these different subjects and drill down on them. In the book, I looked at five key areas of focus for managing the fear of withdrawal. And I'm going to take those different um, areas and break them across the three episodes. So the way it's going to work is part one, um, which is today, episode three, we will cover an introduction to this topic and cover the first key of focus, which is responsibility. In part two, which is episode four, we will cover positivity and activity. And then in part three, which is episode five, we'll talk about kindness and acceptance. The first of those five key areas is responsibility. Many of you are probably thinking responsibility for what? What's my responsibility here? And that is taking responsibility for your own health and recovery. It's that simple. Our feature for today is dependence, disbelief, and the doctor dilemma. This topic was triggered by one listener's comment. Let's move on to our feature from all that. Our feature today is on Professor C. Heather Ashton and the Ashton Manual. She says the following. It is important to remember that by far the greatest majority of long-term benzodiazepine users do recover from withdrawal given time. Even protracted symptoms tend to decrease gradually sometimes over years. And that brings us to our feature. In today's episode, we're going to provide a very brief introduction to withdrawal symptoms. This is definitely a topic which will take more, more time than one episode by far. It may take several episodes, and we'll spread that over the coming months or so. But for today, I just want to highlight the various common symptoms so, so we know what they are. Our feature topic today is anxiety the beast of benzo withdrawal. If you recall, last episode we divided benzo symptoms into two categories, and those were psychological and physical. And that brings us to our feature. Today we have our first interview. That is, that is pretty nice. Our guest today is Elizabeth McCarthy, and she was generous enough of her time to talk with us. So, Liz, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dave. Thanks so much for having me. It's my pleasure. I'm so glad that you came on. And um, as I mentioned to you before we started this, that you are my first interview guest on this show. So thank you so much for agreeing to do this. No, I feel honored. What kind of myths have you seen about benzos? I think we all kind of see those out there. But what do most people's expectations have about them, people you run into? Um, they're harmless. Yeah. They're helpful. <laughs> they work. 
and they do. To be clear, they really, really work. <laughs> well, and that's actually the problem. <laughs> if they didn't yeah, work, we, exactly, we wouldn't have this exactly. issue. <laughs> well, as we close, um, is there anything else that I didn't ask or anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? Well, I will say again that this experience is temporary. Today's feature is Benzo Belly, our gut and withdrawal. Today we continue our series on the symptoms of withdrawal. We kicked this off with an introduction to benzodiazepine symptoms a few weeks ago. The most consistent solutions that I've seen work for Benzo Belly symptoms are these two things. Number one, reduce anxiety. And that's the truth for almost every symptom from withdrawal. So today's feature is conversation with a caregiver. Uh, today we have our second interview, and I am really excited about this one. Okay, well, hello, Shanna, and welcome to the Benzo Free Studios, or better known as that crazy-ass fort that your husband built in the basement with your good flannel sheets. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. You're welcome. In the book, you actually listed out lessons for the caregiver. I'd like to move into that and just kind of go through those real quick, if you don't mind sharing those with you with the listeners. Okay. The first one you mentioned is believe the symptoms are real. Was this hard for you? What do you mean by, by believing the symptoms are real? Oh, I think with a lot of conditions that are invisible, it's easy to start questioning whether the person really is experiencing. Yeah. I think back pain, fibromyalgia, mm -hmm. um, people who suffer from those deal with the same thing. It's, it's not like you have a cast on your leg and it's easy to see that something's wrong. Sure. Well, I think I've already covered how you were different while you were on the drugs. Yes, yes you have. And so now that you've tapered from them and have worked so hard on meditation and mindfulness, um, staying away from news and other things that trigger you, mm -hmm. I think you're a lot calmer, at okay. least from the outside perspective. You appear to be a lot calmer. And that brings us to our feature, which today is Benzo Bad Guys, Anger, Aggression, Depression, and Obsession. <laughs> Do you like my rhyming there? That was fun. There's a classic saying that I really enjoy, one which is often attributed to Nelson Mandela, Buddha, or even Alcoholics Anonymous, but nobody seems to really know for sure. It goes something like this, quote, Holding on to anger is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die, end quote. I talk about fear a lot on this podcast, and there's a reason for that. Fear is behind most of our destructive emotions. And unless we deal with that fear, we're just kind of treading water, you know? Our brains tell us lies. We get caught in this spider web of irrationality. We aren't thinking straight. And even the smallest thing can scare us. In addition, we can't calm ourselves as efficiently as we used to. So when we do get worked up, we can't let go. And that cycle just builds upon itself. For today's feature, I have a wonderful interview with Jennifer Lee. Jennifer was so kind to take her time to talk with us. Hello, Jennifer, and welcome to the Benzo Free Podcast. Thanks so much for taking the time to speak with our listeners today. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you, Dee, for the invitation. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, it's my pleasure. But so I don't want to shove my truth onto anybody. So I'm always asking people, 
what can they do in their life that day to get through the day? And then we look at areas that they can they can turn to and rely on. I like people to come up with what I have termed in the uh, Benzo community anchors. Yes, and what you're going to find is that it just keeps getting better and better. Our nervous system really does go back to homeostasis. So, right. you know, when people say I'm five years out and I still have some symptoms, I'm like, I know it's okay. Yep. Just give it more time. As I mentioned in our introduction, this is senior week at Benzo Free. This is a subject that desperately needs attention. So we decided to dedicate an entire week to it. In our feature today, we will cover some statistics, some warnings, and discuss some of the effects of benzodiazepine and non-benzodiazepine use in the older population. You know, I think for our opening, I'm going to have to repeat one of my favorite quotes from Dr. Alan Francis. Um, and this is from his article, Yes, Benzos Are Bad For You. He said the following, If you meet an elderly patient who seems dopey, confused, has memory loss, slurred speech, and poor balance, your first thought should be benzo side effects, not Alzheimer's disease or dementia. Our featured topic today is the assault on our senses, benzo withdrawal symptoms of the eyes, ears, nose, and mouth. Another very common symptom of the ears is tinnitus or tinnitus, depending on who you ask. Tinnitus, constant or periodic ringing or noise in the ears, is very common in withdrawal. It can range from a mild annoyance to something very distressing and even painful. So that gives you an introduction to some of the symptoms of the eyes, ears, nose, and mouth. And I'm sure we'll go into more detail on those at later episodes. The good news about all these symptoms is that they almost always return to normal as withdrawal progresses. But as you heard me say a thousand times, it can take a while. Today our feature topic is... Benzo Brain, Cognitive Dysfunction and Memory Loss in Withdrawal. Today our feature is the science of benzos, GABA and glutamate. We're going to dive into the complex compendium of scientific knowledge and ask the question some have been asking for decades, and that is, how do these damn things actually work? And that brings us to our feature. Today's feature is Relationships, Intimacy, and Sex. In benzo withdrawal. This is an interesting one to tackle. Intimacy is, at its essence, a practice of presence. We've learned tactics for distraction and disassociation, exacerbated by our beeping phones and the TV in the background, not to mention our learned cultural terror of awkward silences. Intimacy is crucial to healthy sexual relationships. Many of us like to pretend it's not. And as I said in the intro, there are sexual encounters which have almost nothing to do with emotional intimacy. But for the most part, sex and intimacy are intertwined. And that brings us to our feature. Today our feature topic is the head and neck symptoms of benzo withdrawal. This is part six in our continuing series on symptoms of benzo withdrawal. One of the most pronounced dangers of benzo use are balance problems in the elderly. This is often the cause of hip fractures from falls. Old people fall and old people on benzos fall more often. 
You know, massage is actually an excellent therapy during withdrawal, but it can get expensive. Stretching is another amazingly beneficial activity during withdrawal, one of which most of us ignore far too often. Stephen Wright, MD, is a residency-trained family physician with a 36-year clinical career. Active in addiction medicine, board-certified 31 years, and medical pain management 15 years. Okay, so here we are in the studio, and I'm here with Dr. Stephen Wright. Hello, how are you today? All right, uh, good morning. Good morning to you. Would you like me to call you Dr. Wright for this, or Steve, or what's best for you? Steve is perfect. Steve is perfect. I'm going to go with that then, thanks. When was your, or was there an aha moment, or when did you first start to see that maybe these are being overprescribed, maybe they're not being handled right, or that withdrawal is not being handled correctly? When did you start to notice this? Well, I noticed it in particular uh, when a patient of mine, uh, his first name was John, came in. He told me that he was having difficulties with uh, the, the benzodiazepines that he had been prescribed uh, in terms of side effects and how to get off of those. And it was the experience of working with that gentleman uh, and the challenges of moving off of the medication. It took a long time. Uh, that I learned that this, I, I didn't know what I thought I knew okay. about all of this. And I recommend not, you know, uh, participating in the stigma uh, of, of addiction. But the, the issue in relation to benzodiazepines, it's simply not accurate. You know, historically speaking, we're wondering what does it take for us to actually make the difference and and change prescribing? So we're, we're in a culture, we're in a society where often it takes crisis. Yeah. Just it's just the reality of it. Okay. When you showed up at the house for a recording today, we were upstairs and and it was funny because we started just talking and chatting and all of a sudden um Steve interrupted me and said, "You know, this is already the half the interview." <laughs> and so we decided to stop our conversation and come to the basement to the studio and start recording this because when the two of us just start talking, we can talk for like 3 hours straight. I just want to thank you for coming into the studio talking with us today. I hope you'll do it again with us shortly. Well, I'd love to, but I, I want to mention one more thing, and that is uh, I want to apologize. <laughs> you know, um, I, we, we were listening, and uh, we need to change the trajectory on that. And, you know, you've been extraordinarily patient with those of us that uh, have taken a while to come around uh, to this pro process, and uh, I honor and respect, and I'm so sorry uh, about all that, and sorry that it needs to continue in order for it to be successful uh, over the long term. Our feature topic today is perpetual motion madness, excitability symptoms of benzo withdrawal. And that wraps up our feature and our look back. I want to thank everyone who has participated in BenzoFree, whether they were an interview guest or a listener who submitted a story or a comment or a question, or you've corresponded with me, or just people who have spread the word and, and told their friends about the BenzoFree podcast. Thank you so much for helping us get to 25 episodes, and I really hope you'll keep tuned and stick with us for the next 25. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered medical advice in any way. The host of this podcast is not a medical professional, nor is he engaged in rendering medical, health, or psychological advice, nor any other kind of personal or professional services. 
The views and opinions expressed by our listeners and interview guests on this podcast, whether read from textual submissions or presented in their own voice, do not necessarily reflect those of the Benzofree podcast or of its host. Withdrawal tapering or any other change in dosage of benzodiazepines, non-benzodiazepines, or any other prescription drugs should only be done under the direct supervision of a licensed physician. Our full disclaimer can be viewed on our website at benzofree.org slash disclaimer. Keep calm, taper slowly, and take care of yourself. We'll see you next time.